This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 138. And the quote of the day is from Harry Gray, who said, No one ever achieved greatness by playing it safe. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers and industry professionals. Information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast, and this session is brought to you by DW Drums. And as you know, I've been playing DW for years, not only because they make great handcrafted drums, but also because they support and foster drumming initiatives all over the world, much like this podcast. This podcast is 100% free for you, thanks to the good folks at DW. Be sure to thank them and check them out today at dwdrums.com. The session is also brought to you by Promark, makers of the medium broomstick. Broomsticks are made from actual broom corn. The medium is louder than the brush and capable of really heavy bass sound or really snappy snare sounds at the same time. And it's great for other instruments like the cajon. Be sure to visit your local retailer for more info or visit Promark.com. All right, I got a question for you. Are you stuck and frustrated with what's going on with your career? Are you trying to figure out how to get more touring work or how to get more sessions or how to get endorsements or how to even make this a career and how you can do this full time? If that's the case, then go to drummersresource.com forward slash career. There's two ways on there where you and I can work together. We can figure out a way to one, set the proper goals for you and two, how we can step-by-step achieve them together. And I'll be an accountability partner for you and I'll be someone to bounce ideas off of and someone to just coach you and lead you down that road of success. So if you're really stuck and really frustrated and just look yourself in the mirror, if you know that you need some help or, or really want to accelerate your career, then just go to drummersresource.com forward slash career. There's two options on there. Like I said, let's get connected. Let's jump on a call. Let's see if we can work together. See if I'm the right fit for you. See if you're the right fit for me. And then we get cracking on your goals. Drummersresource.com forward slash career. If you really want to accelerate what you got going on right now and want to stop banging your head against the wall and get some real results with me. Now, the interview that I have today is Ash Sohn, and I'm so excited about this interview. I've been trying to get him on here for a long time. It took us about, I don't know, maybe a year to get this connected. Well, maybe not that long, but it's been a while. He's one of my favorite drummers for his groove, style, feel, everything. I I like everything about him. I know a lot of other people do. He has, I think, like 30,000 followers on Instagram, and he puts up these 15-second video clips, and it's awesome. But this conversation that we have is, is cool. He talks about moving to London and serendipitously uh, living on the same street as someone. And I'll let him tell the story. It's amazing. And talks about his career, his approach to groove, the realization and self-awareness of, of who you are as a player and, and who you're not as a player. And I thought that was a really, really distinctive part of the conversation where he talks about he found out and figured out who he was and just sort of exploited those strengths and didn't worry about all of the other weaknesses. And we get all that all into that uh, in this conversation. So really, really excited to release this. I'm glad that, uh, that I got him on the show and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I had having a conversation with him. So without further ado, Mr. Ash Sohn. Ash, what's going on, man? Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much, Nick. It's uh, fantastic. Oh, it's been a while. Has it? We've been trying. It's, We've been it's, trying for a it's few been months. a little while and you know, yeah. and 
The thing that I found, though, it, it normally takes a while to get people lined up. Sometimes I'll email people or reach out to them or call them or something. And, and they're like, yeah, man, I can do it tomorrow. But a lot of times it's people are on the road and I'm on the road. And, and just like coordinating, coordinating the schedules, you're on the other side of the of the of the world. You know, so yes. it's it's a little uh, it's a little difficult to line things up. But here we are, man. It's Saturday. So it's late for you and you're putting in work. So I appreciate that as well. Oh, no, it's a pleasure. Um, like I've just said, you know, I'm drinking wine and you're drinking coffee. That's the difference, right? Right. In, in time, <laughs> I'm gonna grab. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll have some uh, some vino or a beer in a little bit here. So good work. Uh, and it's not early for me either. Just so everybody knows, it's not like <laughs> noon. I don't want anybody to think I'm like cracking a beer at noon. <laughs> so you had just. I mean, you're definitely putting in a long day because you had just come from a recording session, a TV recording session yeah, was, uh, in London. Yeah. That's right. I, I went down. I just I, I live uh, my studio that people might have seen, you know, in, in some of those Instagram mm-hmm. videos and things. I, I live actually uh, in a county called Norfolk, which is about three and a half hours actually from London. Um, but I've been down to London today to work with Brian Adams on on a, on a TV show uh, in in town, and I went down, did it, and, and I've just come back. And yeah, I'm just kicking back, having a glass of wine, talking to you. I like it. I like yeah. it. So what was, so you said, um, what was the show for that you were recording? It's, it's, it's a, it's a show called Strictly Come Dancing, would you believe? Hmm. Uh, which is a very kooky sort of British Saturday night TV show, but it's, it's absolutely enormous. It's probably the, the biggest Saturday night TV show. So really, of, of course, all, all of the acts that are passing through will be on it, you know, that, that are promoting, hmm. um, promoting their record and Brian's promoting his record this week so he's on it too you know it's like one of those it's one of the, I don't know what you've got the, the equivalent in America I guess there's a few but it's that Saturday night TV show well, that I mean, we have everybody like the, watches. We have, you know? you know, we've Letterman and 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 all of that stuff. But that's a weekly show. I don't. I'm trying to think if we have like a yeah like a Saturday night. I mean, we've Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I guess um, it's equivalent. I, I, in a way, it's equivalent to doing that, right. but very, but a little bit more. Uh, it's British, so right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's basically ballroom dancing with celebrities. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's no way you can even get huh. your head around what I'm what I'm talking about. But we they they love it. It's a massive show, and they get you know they get millions of views, and uh, uh, it's right. like if if you're a if you're an artist like Brian and you're promoting a record, you've got to be on it, really. You know, hmm. so, I'm gonna have to look it up. I'm gonna check it out. Definitely. Yeah, it's good. I mean, one of the the good things about it is actually a live band, which is kind of rarer and rarer in this country. Sure. I know it's pretty. Um, it's still quite prolific in, in America that there's, there's live bands, like, like you said, Saturday night live and mm-hmm. et cetera. But in this country, there's, there's not many shows that actually use a live band. I, I'm on the other, I'm, I'm on uh, another show called, well, this is the voice, which is all over the world. Of course you mm-hmm. have it, but I play for the voice in this country. And, and there's actually the strictly band and the voice band are the only two bands uh, on TV wow. in this country. Yeah. Well, at least I mean here all the all the talk shows and everything the, yeah, the late night talk right. shows yeah not the, yeah. not the daytime talk shows but the late yeah. late night like you know the, um they all have live bands and everything yeah and, Questlove and stuff I mean I've, yeah, yeah you know I've done yeah. I've done Letterman and, and Leno and all those I've done, I've done them with with bands over the years and mm-hmm. it's it's a very cool format I like it you know yeah, yeah that 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 sort of worked for a little while here but we, it never it never really caught on like like i gotta it, be um, honest i'm surprised that it's lasted this long i mean it's been going on yeah. since johnny carson yeah you know and and i'm i'm surprised that it's lasted this long and that so there's so many 
of them. I mean, there's yeah. there's five, six, seven late night TV shows that you can tune I, into at any time, which is crazy. You know what? I think it's brilliant. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's it's a great. great thing. Yeah. I mean, like I say, there's two bands and that's it in this country. And it's like, and they're both BBC shows. So, I mean, we haven't got many channels in this country, to be honest. We've got five. Um, but there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's no, all the other channels don't do it. I mean, it's like, hmm. it's tragic. Hmm. So, um, go ahead. But I'm lucky, to, I'm lucky to be on one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I actually just had uh, Nate Morton for, who plays for The Voice yes. over here yes. as well. That's right. Yeah. So. Someone did a, someone did a comparison of our drum kits. Um, oh, really? <laughs> oh, someone sent me an Instagram of the comparison because I, I, I just use a four piece kit, whatever mm. I do really. Um, and Nate, has a couple more drums than me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at the picture, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's quite interesting. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've obviously I've heard of him, and and the thing is, I think the American voice band is is probably yeah, it's 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 the sort of pinnacle of the of the bands because it's everywhere. I mean, it's ludicrous. Yeah, it's, you know, you got you got the voice Kazakhstan, the voice India, the voice. You know, it's it's insane. It's, Where did it's that in, start? The the, uh, the voice the format was actually invented um, in in Holland. Oh, okay. And it's, and it's yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a Holland show, and they've and they've sold it around the world for you know yeah billions billions of dollars. Hmm. Because I know that um, uh, American Idol started. Yeah, where did that's that a, start? Well, that's, that's the UK. That's the UK. It's the right? UK. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought so. So we're talking about all this stuff about you playing on all these television shows and you're, yeah. you know, all of these people that you've worked with. But I got to get a little bit of the backstory for the listeners to talk about yes. a little bit of, of how you arrived here, because the, the main point of this podcast is not just to sit around and and talk about you know, the technique side of things and playing, although yeah. we do talk about that. The main focus is really how to get to the next level with your drumming. How can you take it? How can you maybe yeah. make a career out of this? How can you, you, you raise the, the, uh, the caliber of players that you're playing with and stuff like that. But I got to get the backstory of where you started and, and a little bit about who you are and exactly what you do. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I studied music, uh, when I was 19 in, in Manchester in England. And, mm-hmm. and then I, I moved to London, you know, the, the obvious place is to move to London. And I guess in America, it's like, it's New York, you know, if you're a musician, you kind of got to go to Nashville, LA, New York. Right. I, right. I don't know. What, what's next? I don't know. Is, Maybe uh, Miami. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's going to be like a handful of cities sure. in, in, in the UK, you've got to move to London really. Mm-hmm. So I did that when I was 21 and, uh, and I just, yeah, I started working in bars and How doing whatever. When you started playing? I was well. I was ten when I started playing drums. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I studied. I, I studied music in Manchester when I was nineteen, and then I moved to London when I was twenty-one. Um, and yeah, and I started, you know, getting a, a little bit of work there, and you know, bars and whatever I could really. Um, um, but where the the backstory that you're asking about, and 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 how 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 does it work? Definitely, with the music business, you need a little bit of luck. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody does from Steve Jordan to Steve Gadd to, to me, to, to Stuart Copeland. I mean, right. everybody had a, a little bit of luck, a luck somewhere, you know, as, as, as they were going along. And then I think Steve Jordan, I can't remember exactly the quote that he says, but when your work that you've been putting in collides with that luck, then Right. That's when things start. Yeah, the opportunity is the preparation and the or success whatever, comes whatever, from sort of yeah. like the preparation and the opportunity meeting. That's it. 
So, well, Steve says it in a very succinct right. way. Well, I can't Steve remember Jordan, exactly. So just... <laughs> yeah, he, of course. He, everything he does is succinct. Right. Uh, uh, but um, so the where I lucked out when I moved to London, I I, the, I moved to a, a um, southeast part of London, and I was there for. A, I moved to this little road. It was in a lovely little part of London, you know. Um, quite green sort of borough so you know uh, it's near, near a place called Greenwich um, mm-hmm. and uh, the road was a nice little quiet road and one day I was, I was walking back uh, with a pint of milk and a guy comes out of his house with a, with a bass guitar on his back and I'm like wow oh, cool there's a musician on my street brilliant nice. <laughs> um, and he then proceeds to go over to a uh, like a 7 series BMW um brand new one and and went whoop, whoop, and put his face in the boot and i'm like okay you're like wait the, a minute something's going on, on. <laughs> this dude's either like an accountant that likes to play a bit of bass <laughs> or he's a serious bass player and he saw me looking at him because i must have been had my mouth open you know like catching flies um and and then i realized i uh oh my god that's the guy that my when my buddy when i was 16 was obsessed with this bass player and I realised it's the same guy, and it, and it was it was Pino Palladino. Really? Yeah. So Pino lived pretty much next door to me when I moved to London. Um, <laughs> so that's my little bit of luck. Wow. Um, uh, and I got to, I got to know him uh, when he saw me looking at him. I, I realised I went, "Hey, Pino," and he went, "Yeah." He came over and he shook my hand. He goes, "Do you play?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I'll play drums." He went, "You play drums?" I was like, "Yeah." He went. I've never been spotted by a drummer in the street. That's amazing, and that, that and then that was the beginning of our relationship. I was, and I was twenty-one, um, and I still. And how old worked. was he at the time? He would have been probably younger than me now. In fact, um, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm forty-five now, so that's a while ago. Uh, I don't know what Pino how, would have been. How, how old is he now? Pino is, uh, without doing him a disservice, I think he is fifty. Okay, he's in, in his 50s. He's in his, his mid-50s, yeah. Okay. I didn't realize that... So I was I was on Facebook and somebody sent me a message and said, hey man, I really I really dig your stuff. Like, I, I like the drummer's resource. I'm a drummer. And, blah, blah, and we're going back and forth and chatting and chatting. And yeah. uh, he goes, yeah, I hipped my brother, Pino, to your stuff too. And it was it was Pino's brother who was... Mark. Mark, was who's, who's yeah. a drummer. That's right. Yeah. Which I had no idea, and I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, I, you know." And, and they're, they're, so we had a, a, They're quite a formidable bunch, the Palladinos. Yeah. Um, uh, what's most beautiful is when when I met Pino, um, he had a, a baby son in nappies, not speaking in nappies, kind of underneath the table. I used to go around there and have a cup of tea, and there's this little baby boy underneath the table. Um, Anyway, that's that's his son Rocco, who's just been depping for his dad with D'Angelo. Ah, nice. <laughs> Which is quite nice. And I was talking to, Pian- I, you know, I saw him playing with him. And he, I mean, Rocco now is only he's only twenty two. Um, which is astounding, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, but he man, it, it's like he's a proper chip off the old block. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the he's apple got doesn't f- fall far from the tree, huh? Exactly. Uh, he, he's 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 awesome, and you know, Pino is saying, I think uh, it's sort of slightly it freaks everybody out looking at him and, and hearing him because he's he's he is very much like his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but Pino said that the the D'Angelo was actually quite it sort of freaks him out a little bit. Oh, <laughs> really? Know? Yeah, there's this young <laughs> there's this young kid 
who sounds like his dad, or most importantly, feels like his dad. Right. So I'm intrigued about this whole Pino Valadino thing. So you, so you just flag him down and you start talking. So did you guys start playing from no, there? No, not, not really. No. Um, what I did, uh, was I used to just, I used to just go out to his house and knock on his door and we'd go downstairs and Pino, you know, uh, probably roll a joint and, and, and we'd listen to music and I'd, I'd take donuts around there and we'd have a cup of tea. And I, and I would, because I was so young, I was, you know, and, um, and so like, you, you know, um, so hungry to learn. Mm-hmm. And I've got this guy in front of me who at the time, of course, uh, was playing with Vinny and, and, and Manu Katche and, and and Jeff Beccaro and like I mean this guy's fucking playing with everybody right, and, right. and and I and I'm a drummer and I know this and 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 so I'm just I'm just constantly battering him with questions like what's it like what's this guy like what's it like what does this dude you know and he, and he'd give me to be fair to him he he properly kind of entertained me and just gave me a lot of advice about all of it really. And, um, and and I'm indebted to him a lot, but to start with, it was just cups of tea and, and just sitting in the studio and listening to music. That's what it, that's what it was. And then he saw me doing gigs and, um, it was, I I met him. That was, that would have been 1991 when, when, when I met him. Um, and eventually in 1994, he, uh, I got a, a message on my answer machine at home because it's just, of course, pre sort of mobile phones and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Pino and he said, Oh, give me a call. There's this band that are looking for a drummer. So I, I called him up and it, and it was this Scottish band called Delamitri. Mm-hmm. Um, and they uh, had just finished their record um, and they needed a drummer to tour. Um, and it was mainly tour in America, actually. Uh, and I went up and auditioned and I got the gig. Um, and it was, it's, you know, now I, now I'm, I'm an older musician myself and I've, and I've helped younger uh, musicians out. Um, Pino just, he kind of obviously realized, oh, this, this band is, is, is here. Ash is here. He's kind of hungry. I think he can manage the gig. He's, he's about right. He's ready to go on the road. And, you know, he, he kind of definitely waited. That's the, that's the, one of the things about him is that he's, he, he didn't just chuck me a gig straight away. Sure. Um, um, and I, and also I had to audition, you know, and uh, so he put his neck on his li- on the line for me, really. Um, and I'm really thankful that I I, I got the gig, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys and have played I, together since, I mean. Oh yeah, well yeah. since then, uh, we played, you know, a, a couple of times then, and, and we did a record in 1998 um, with Hamish Stewart from the Average White Band, and we did some stuff then. Um, and since then, we've done some stuff with CeeLo on CeeLo uh, mm-hmm. Green's first record. We did a couple of tunes on that. And yeah, there's been a few few sessions with, awesome. with, with Pino. Um, yeah, I never realized that he was, I mean, I guess he's sort of a mentor for you and, and you know, yeah, it, showed it, you the it, ways. Absolutely. And, and, and uh, but not in a, you know, not, not in a sort of heavy kind of, oh God, he's, you know, wax on wax off (laughs) (laughs) you know not like that he was kind of he was just he was just around and and was as as he still is is an incredibly cool bloke and and Mm. uh um and just yeah just sort of helped 
for sure. You know, I was just very lucky to meet him. Yeah, it's probably, I mean, it is pretty amazing to walk out and realize that Pino was right down the street from you. That's I know, it's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's things happen for a reason, you know, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, but the the one thing that you would mention about his son is that he has feel and that and and how you and you stopped and made sure that you said more importantly he feels like his dad like the, and that absolutely. is one thing that i admire and, and i this is why i know you get hired because your feel is so good so i want to talk a little bit about my so my friend brian fraser moore who plays i'm sure you know brian do you know yeah plays, i don't know him personally but i know you of course, okay. of course i know um yeah. and so you know his whole thing is you are what you eat so everything that you listen <laughs> to is sort of you know comes yeah. out and you're playing so i want to talk a little bit about uh, the stuff that you listen to that sh- that that shaped and molded your playing because i mean i I just love going through Instagram and knowing that you're posting stuff. Cause I see other stuff and it's like chops, 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 chops. And then you post something and it's like, Oh man. And it just like <laughs> feels so good. And it has, and it has this, this, this feel and groove just oozing out of it. So I got to know like oh, where that came from. Well, that's very, very kind. Uh, well, I mean, actually a lot of it, the, the, the Pinot thing is, um, it's important to, 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 if you think about the early days, so like I was, I was 21 when I met him and, and like, you know, he was, he was playing with Manu and, and I'm a massive fan of Manu Kache. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, and I know, you know, Manu's not, he's not as prolific as he was, but if you think back to the sort of early nineties, I mean, you know, that guy was, he was playing for Sting and Peter Gabriel at the same time. <laughs> right. You know, um, and he, and he has a, he has a very particular feel Manu. Um, uh, it's, it's not American. That's mm-hmm. the most astounding thing about him, you know. It's definitely not an American feel, which is, you know, I think if I think about my own drumming, that that's most British drummers. The the, the beautiful thing about British music, actually, it uh, is that if you think about the Stones, they just want you to sound American, you know, but they couldn't do it. <laughs> right. You know, they just can't do it. Sure. Um, uh, but what happened is them trying to to be like a, an American blues band, they end up me- becoming the Rolling Stones. And like, a, that's a whole new thing. Um, and, you know, that's what I, I kind of love about that. And I've, I've always tried to, to sound like the, you know, the, the great American drummers. And I know that I can't do it, but what's, what's interesting over the years is that you then end up becoming your own, your own thing, you know, right. being influenced by those things. Mm-hmm. And, but, but, you know, Pino was playing with, you know, like I say, he was playing, he was definitely, he was playing with Jeff. He was playing with Vinny. Um, he played me things with, with demos of him playing with, with Vinny. Um, and then of course he started playing with Questlove. And I'd, so all the, all the drummers that, that Pino was playing with were American. I mean, you know, right. he was obviously playing with British drummers um, from time to time, but predominantly American drummers. So um, yeah, I mean, I, like that, that's it. I mean, I, I, I've, I've just like most British drummers really we're, we're brought up on, on, on the, on the big American dudes. Having said that, you know, I was very fortunate when I, with that band Delamitri, we, we opened up for the Rolling Stones, for instance. Awesome. So like I'm a massive fan of Charlie and, and, and Ringo and that stuff I find much easier <laughs> to play, <laughs> right. uh, to play that, to get into, you know, as a session musician, I think, um, people, for me, anyway, it's like it's almost like sort of method acting. You you go, 
okay, this this tune requires me to be like this. So it's like a, I'm just going to put my Ringo hat on and, mm-hmm. and, and play like him. And I find that much easier to be right. like Ringo than I do to be like Bernard Purdy. Sure. But, um, and I think my plans, hopefully somewhere in, in the middle of all that. Man, <laughs> I, think, I mean, you definitely, not that, not that validation for me is going to do anything for you, but I definitely think that you have your own style. Like when I, if, if, I hear you're playing. I know that it's you. Oh man, that's that's amazing. That's all you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. that's, that's I all. mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'm like you're done. You can pack it up. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very kind. That's you know that's all. We, that's all any musician wants. You know, right. like you know, like I said about uh, Manu. Um, there, there's certainly a time in the, in the early '90s where you'd, you'd hear a groove and go, "That has to be him." Mm-hmm. There, there, there can be nobody else. And and it, it's and it's you know. Is, is feel that the time that Manu has, it's it's definitely he's listened to American drummers like I can hear a little bit of gad in him for sure, but he also actually can't. I mean, maybe maybe I'm doing him a disservice, but he he can't do it like Steve. So mm-hmm. he just you know he's from North Africa, so he, uh, and via Paris, so he sounds a certain way. He's like a, a European version of. Of, of gad i guess when uh, at, at some point you know what do you think um, the biggest difference between european guys european drummers and american drummers would be um i think it's education mm-hmm. um it's 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 kind of changing now there's 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 many more colleges now in europe and and, and the uk and stuff so people all of a sudden people all all the uh indiscrepancies let's call it that that people that british drummers had uh that american drummers didn't have um are kind of being ironed out you know people can play everyone can play to clicks now and you know and and the the chops are together and you know the world is is much smaller Mm -hmm. but if you think about the british drummers you know you think about keith moon for instance i mean keith there's there's no question that 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 is just all that all Keith is, uh, you know, without he's it's just energy and passion, and he just threw himself at the drum kit. He didn't really, really know what he was doing. He he heard a thing, and and mm-hmm. he, he and he was he was he was obviously an amazing voice on the instrument. But you know, if you compare Keith Moon to to Bernard Purdy, who of course was prolific at the same time, I mean, he, there's no comparison. No, no, you know. Uh, no. And Charlie, you know, and Ringo, all the things that people go, you know, that that's a great that great line. Uh, someone asked uh, John Lennon, you know, um, do you think Ringo Starr's the best drummer in the world? And he said he's not the best drummer in the Beatles. Right. That, that, that's Paul McCartney, <laughs> you know, because Paul's a great drummer. Um, uh, there's there's all that, uh, but the thing that that I guess happened with Ringo Starr, Charlie Watts, Keith Moon. Is that they 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 had a, a personality and they did their thing and and I think all three of them were probably trying to sound a little bit American like we like we always do right you know you you guys fucking smash the shit out of it it's the yeah. <laughs> about it you know it's amazing yeah. you think it's, it's it's and it's like you know it's about the numbers I guess you, there's so many amazing musicians in America um, and still still are coming out. And then the Brits get it, and we can't do it as well, and we kind of change it, and then then we sell then we sell it back to you. <laughs> you know, it's right. kind of weird. Um, yeah, 
the the circle of of drumming life. Well, it's interesting because you know, speaking of like smashing and and things like that. You know, for me, and this is all personal preference, but I I'm sort of on the other on the the quest and the search for that that feel, that intangible, that groove. You know, yeah. Gad, Vinny, uh, you know, yeah. Bacaro, Bernard, like all those guys. That's like that's my stuff. That's that's yeah. just me to, too. And it just and I, can, I I know that for yeah yeah a fact absolutely. So if someone came to you and was like, "Hey, man, here's my playing," and it was sort of rigid and 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 didn't have necessarily that that feel or that intangible what sort of things would you would you suggest that they work on and and how to sort of arrive at that yeah i mean the, there's two things that I, that I talk to young drummers about and and you know if you think about gad and and um and maybe picaro and um and purdy and all of the sort of great groove drummers the 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 thread that runs through all of them is 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 the time aspect of it. That that's that's why their time's really good. You know, I know, I know Jeff never thought he had any very good time. And funnily enough, I I asked Pino once, um, out of all the drummers he's played with, who had the best time, and he you know he kind of said, to be honest with you, probably Jeff. You know, he had the most metronomic. Right time, mm-hmm. you know, and and of course Jeff thought he didn't, <laughs> you know. Of course, it's kind that's of how it always it, is, you know. It's it's so weird, isn't it? But so time, the the time thing runs through all of those great players, you know. And I realised that it's like, well, it feels good because it's it it's kind of not really moving, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing. So that's like that's a that's a definite tick. You get you get all those guys, and you go. Right, top of the list, what is it? Okay, their time's pretty good. So that's why it feels, they all feel great. Uh, their times, all of their time is great. So that it's, that's it. So I, I tell guys to work on, on, on their click playing. But I also tell them, and this is the thing, there's, there's, there's dudes that can play to click. But, but click isn't, in my opinion, it, it isn't, there's, it's not feel, though. Right. It's, it's you know, square. It's like a it's a box. It's, it's it's a and it's a very modern phenomena playing to a click, really. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's important to have really good time. But I also think it's really important to have the, the other other side of it, which is being able to move in 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 a certain way to make it to make choruses feel good and make verses feel good and and whatever. So I, I say to people. You know, work on your click playing, but equally play along to the the, the, the field drummers mm-hmm. um, and try and let some of that stuff sort of seep into your playing. So if you know if you if you play to to Jeff every day, for instance, and you and you tried your hardest to sort of lock into him on a record, um, eventually, honestly, I, I truly believe, eventually, some of what he does will will seep into your playing. Sure. You know yeah. that's that's what I've done, um, and and then when you start playing to records that weren't recorded to a click, you know, so some of the Gad things and some of the Purdy things that you know, like Aretha, they probably weren't clicked, right? You know, so they would have played around the track hundreds of times, and then they would have cut it. Um, so the the tempo is is absolutely set in people's, you know in their bodies they know they, they feel this is where the tempo is mm-hmm. so it's not going to move around very much but if you if you're if you play along to purdy for instance 
I, I honestly think eventually a little bit of of it will will seep into your own playing. Yeah, you know? it's kind of it's hard not you know for it not to after after doing it for long if you enough. Every, you know? Imagine if you plays you know I don't know a, a, a Purdy rock steady. If you played rock steady every single day, you put it on your headphones and go right here we go eventually it's going to rub off <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a little bit, you know, and someone's going to go, man, you sound a little bit like P- Bernard Purdy. And you go, no shit. I've right. been playing this for like a year. All right. <laughs> Thanks. I sound like Bernard Purdy. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I remember learning, um, home at last, the Steely Dan tune. Yeah. And, and I mean, you listen to it and you're like, all right, it's a halftime shuffle, party shuffle yeah. again. Yeah. But like sitting down and I'm playing that tune, it. And you know, for me, the hard part was when I was learning it. And I mean, this was, I don't know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but yeah, I just, the fills and, and playing them with as much power. Yeah. And just like the feel <laughs> and everything. And it was so, everything was so tight and it just felt, you know, so I would start playing it and it's like, but do, 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 do. And I'm like, nope, that's not it. You know, and it's no. like and playing it over and over again. But then I, the same sort of thing happened. I'm like at a gig and I start feeling that stuff and, and start it. playing like that a little bit. I mean, one, you know, one thousandth of that, but, but, but the thing is if the, if it's one thousandth of that, then it's, that's what I'm saying. It, it does start to happen. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, and, and I think the combination of, of, of doing that and playing to clicks and working on your own thing and, um, you know, trying to, I mean, all, I remember very early on, I, I, I wanted to be Vinny, like, like a lot of young drummers do. Right. And I realized I can't fucking do this, you know. Um, and the day that I realized that I could do something else um, was, was the best moment of my life. And, I, and I, it was a definite moment. It's like, I can't do that. But I, actually, when I do that, that's actually not bad, right. <laughs> you know. And then I went and then it started to to change then. So do you me. think that there is sort of this def, this defining line of saying, okay, you're either going to be a, a clinician, not a clinician, a, uh, a, a technician yeah, or just, Hey man, I'm just going to group. Like, I'm never going to be the guy that can play like, you know, 250 around the kit, like just yeah. doing, uh, it's just, I'm, it's just never going to happen. I'm not, I'm not an athlete. I'm never going to play professional basketball and I'm never going to be able to do that. You know? Yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that. Cause I, I actually think, I'm convinced that some people have got a natural, um, they've got a natural ability for chops. Mm -hmm. And then, and then there's other people that have got a natural ability to sort of kind of lock into a feel as well. You know, Um, uh, in fact, again, sorry to name it again, but Pino said to me about um, Chris Dave. Mm hmm. the term that he used was he's got born with chops. Right. So when he, when he's, when he actually does do something technical that that's, he has worked on it. So obviously he's, he's worked really hard and and he's an astounding drummer, but there's, there's things that he's just, he's naturally got things that none of us are ever going to, ever going to achieve, you know, and some people achieve that really, really quickly. and, And other people, 
will never get to that point, you know. Right. And, then, and then there's other people that have got a fluidity in their playing that some guys will never get. And then there's guys that have got a rigidity, you know, like rig- rigidity uh, in their playing. I've just made a word up. Um, <laughs> you know, they've got, they've got like a, a sort of... I think rigidity is a word. Rigidity. Uh, a so, you know, a solid, a solid uh, side of their playing that some guys are never going to have. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think you've got to hopefully figure it out early on, which I did. I, I realised... Right. I ain't going to be fucking Vinnie Colley. So there's, there's no, there's no question about that. Um, but I have got to think and thankfully I found it and, and it's, it's works out all right for me. Yeah, I would say so, man. You're killing it. And you know, the, the, the thing that's interesting that you say that is that application is, is, uh, or works all across life. I think a lot of people spend too much time trying to do things that they're not good at. And, yeah. and just constant, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't work on things that, that you're lacking in, but for, you know, five, 10 years, people are trying to, you know, do this thing and check it off a box. Yeah. And, but it's like, you're just, you're not good at it. So why not go, go towards your, if everybody went toward their strengths yeah. and just focused on those strengths, man, I mean, the, just it, the, your life would be completely different. Absolutely. And, and not. As we know, what's interesting in life is that people try to be good at the things that um, they're attracted to the things that they're not good at. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, there's guys that, that spend their life trying to figure out the, the, this ridiculous lick. And actually, they might be a really fantastic kind of ballad guy, you know. Right. I don't know. It's, uh, it is interesting. I mean, I, you know, I definitely tried. I, I, to be honest with you, um, I, I, the one, the, the one drummer when I was early, when, when I was nineteen, that that absolutely blew my mind was was Omar Hakim. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I, spoke and with I, him the other day, actually. I I, I, I met him uh, a few years ago, and then and, and then I managed. I, he was over playing in London, and it was a Vic Firth gathering, and I and I managed to chat to him. Um, but I realised, you know, you know I, I desperately wanted to be Omar Hakim when I was nineteen, right? Uh, and I'm like five seven, and he's like six foot four and black. And I realised, <laughs> you know what, we're we're quite different, <laughs> right? But, but I really wanted to be him. I mean, I'd never heard anyone. It's the the the, the fluidity that he had on the drum kit when it when it was with Sting, basically on the Dream of the Blue Turtles um, tour, um, and it blew my mind mm-hmm. and, I, and I really wanted to be here and, I, and, I, and you know, and then I got into Vinny and, you know, luckily I've, I've, I've met them both and chatted to them both now. Uh, but I'm older and I've realized that I'm me and, and, uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you know, I've, I've, you were saying about, I should maybe mention a couple of things. Um, there's a Jeff Lorber album that's, that's just come out called step it up. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's, the drummers are uh, me and Vinny and um, Gary Novak. And I'm just like incredibly proud to be on wow. that record. Wow. Yeah. I remember um, the first time I ever saw Gary Novak play and I was just like blown away. Blown awesome. Away. Hello. Who, who's, whose record was it? It's, it's a guy called Jeff Lorber, the Jeff okay. Lorber fusion. It's called step it up is the album. And it's, it's, it's out now. And to be on that record with those two ridiculous drummers is, right. is, uh, is, is awesome. You know, for me, if I think about my 19 year old self, <laughs> you sure. know. So what do you think has been the biggest secret for you to, for your success? The, just the fact of, of channeling your, all of your, uh, your efforts towards your, your strengths. That that's definitely one, one part of it. Um, 
And I think the the successful side of, of my playing was the fact that I, I, I play, it's songs predominantly that I play. Um, and, and like, like Jeff and hopefully like Gad and all, all, all the, the, the good drummers, I, I try to, you know, when, when I play, everyone says it, but not many people do it, it which is um, pl- play for the song, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I did that, and, uh, and that's the one that's, that's paid off for me, mm-hmm. for sure. And, and also do things that producers like and, and singers and songwriters like, and not necessarily what drummers like. Right. Um, uh, I just talked to you about this the other day, and it's kind of like you could play all of this stuff, and the, yeah. the one drummer in the room is going to be like, yeah, man, this guy's rocking. But yeah. everybody else who's trying to dance, oh, he was, who the heck was it? But he was saying that he would always have to take a drum solo for in this band and he was like and while they were playing like the other guys were doing their solos and everybody was still dancing and then he would go to do a drum solo and everybody would leave the dance floor and he was like <laughs> i realized that i was doing something wrong you know yeah. and he's like and the only guy out there is like the one drummer that i'm amazing with all of my my chops yeah. and everything and he's digging it yeah yeah it, exactly i mean you know that's it i mean i've, I've kind of i've focused on songs and, and also the sound of my drums i mean that the instagram things is different i realized my audience there are predominantly young american actually drummers mm-hmm. um and and i'm still being uh, i'm still being honest with the way I, I play but i also it's 15 seconds in instagram right shot you know so i, I realize i've got to maybe do a uh, essentially if you want to engage people it that quickly you've, you've got to do something that might make them go oh what's that you know uh-huh. um but hopefully still predominantly the groove thing is coming across to them and i, and, it and totally I think is i gotta I'm tell ma- you man I, your your instagram is my favorite one so just you have my vote that's all oh, that's <laughs> very cool I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to keep it balanced that it's it's still like a an honest uh sort of message that's coming across but i i also do understand that people like a little bit of flair and they like i do too i mean i I loved it you know and i still love it um and if you think about gad for instance that's um you know gad will play a very simple groove and he'll just drop something and you just go oh my god that's just ridiculous (laughs) um but it's still very much being honest you know in in a in a groove sense and Mm. and i'm I'm, I'm just trying to do that right Right. The the one question that I love to ask people is because you brought it up and it's something that I love and I and I strongly believe in about playing for the song, playing musically, you know, yeah. sort of putting your ego to the side. The issue is that is such an intangible thing. If you were like, you need to go learn paradiddles at 250 beats a minute. That's yeah. something that you can sort of chart out and do. But yeah. with playing musically and playing for the song and knowing that you are serving the song is yeah. something that is like, that's a totally, uh, you know, conceptual sort of almost like this esoteric thing. So yeah. how do you, how do you suggest that people get there? Because that's sort of like a level, almost like, I mean, not to sound too crazy, but it's almost like a level of enlightenment, you know, of saying, yeah. wow, well, man. Okay. I, I, it's, it's playing music with people mm-hmm. and, and, and playing music with, with, well, for me, playing music with singers because it, it, it's about the singer. It's always about the singer. You know, uh, um, it really is. Right. Every, everything that we do it, it is supposed to support the singer, it, it, you know, in, in a rock and pop sense. Um, 
uh, you know, and, and I, I realized that, um, I was onto something <laughs> when, you know, 10 years ago I started working with Trevor Horn and I remember mm-hmm. him, he said on a session once, I can't remember what session we were doing, but he, he, he was listening to the vocal and he, and he just said, Oh no, no, that's, that's getting in the way of the vocal that, um, and I remember thinking, Oh my God. Like that decision that he's just done it. I don't. I don't think it was a drum decision. I think it was a guitar thing that he was like that. That's got to go. That because that is getting in the way of the vocal. And I remember thinking, oh man, that's 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 how I think. What what? I'm not going to fill now because there's there's you know whoever it is, Seal or whatever is singing, and I, I can't tread on that. You know, uh, and and those sort of musical decisions, I realised. God, that's how that's how Trevor Horn thinks, and I, and I know that's how I think, and I and I, then I realise, of course, that probably that's probably why he quite likes my drumming because I'm I'm making those decisions when I'm when I'm playing, um, and I and I think, hopefully, you know, I'm I'm doing that for the right reasons, you know, mm-hmm. that, uh, for mm-hmm. for musical reasons to sort of to, to to make the singer sound better, and then and support them when when they need it, and 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 you only get to intuitively know about those things i think when when you when you when you work with with musicians and you work with singers and and a singer turns around and goes and says to you oh, no no don't do that fill there that's 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 awful right. and then you go okay I'm, and then and then you realize oh no they don't like that so i'm mm-hmm. i'm not going to do that and then before you know it you're making those decisions yourself you're going i'm not going to do that there because you know singers don't like it right and and to the point where I, I, you know, on Instagram, of course, my snare drum is relatively high on most of my, my clips because, again, I've realised that, you know, drummers, it comes across on Instagram quite mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. But but if you listen to most of the records I've, I've ever done, it's a, it's a mid to low tuning on the snare drum. And I realised that singers love that because it's not in their range. And producers love that snare drum that goes... <laughs> Because it's it's well out of the way of most singers, uh-huh. you know, uh, and singers love it because it's not smacking them in the face. Um, producers love it because it's not getting in the way, and I, and I realised very early on, you know, that 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 works and people dig it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, absolutely. And I, and I and I grew to to like that that sound, and um, and it's it's definitely held me in good stead, you know that. Yeah. yeah. So, do you think that? Um or have you, have you had an issue with, this is sort of a switching gears a little bit, but have you had an issue with maintaining like a road gig and doing the session work as well? Because I know sometimes, you know, it's like you can either do the road thing or you can be a session guy. Yeah. Well, I've, I've had, I've managed to keep a, a pretty cool balance to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the last few years, I haven't toured as much, um, as were I you just used out to. With, you were just out with Van Morrison, weren't you? I, I did. No, I just did, um, uh, a show with Van Morrison uh, on, at the Abbott Hall. Okay, okay. Um, I didn't tour with him, uh, but I, I, I certainly did a show. It was a it was a big show at the Abbott Hall, uh, and he headlined it. Um, yeah, my my touring wise, I've I've not really done a lot. I did some gigs with Trevor and Seal, and and, and Stuart Copeland came and sat in with us on that. That was pretty amazing. Awesome. Um, yeah, he's he's a he's a lad. Um, was that on your Instagram where he was like dropping sticks and you were like feeding them? To he, he said, yeah, he said <laughs> yeah. to me, he said, uh, Hey man, I, I might drop a stick. You got, if you got my back and I'm like, yep, I'm right there. And sure <laughs> enough he did, but he's, he's an absolute pro. I think he's used to it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, but 
yeah, touring wise, I've over the last few years, I've not really done it as much, but I've been doing the the this the the voice TV show here, so that's kind of been sense. keeping me busy. Right. And I've got, I've got two young children, so I don't I don't want to go away for six months. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I just I just don't want to do it anymore, um, unless the right band comes along. Um, McCartney, if you're listening, right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's like yeah, I mean touring. I, I did lots of it when I was younger and I, I absolutely adored it and, and I love it now. I, I love doing gigs. Um, but going away for three months on a bus now is, is not on the top of my, my, my list. That makes yeah, I, I, I've, I've, al- I've always loved the studio. I mean, I've always loved it and I'm very fortunate that, um, I get to, to do it often, you know, mm-hmm. um, because you can go right in and 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 create and and some of the things you can't do when you're on the road, you know. Right, right. So I got to ask, not to and not to discount any of the uh, any other records that you played on, but what are some of your the the favorite records that you've played on that that you suggest people checking out? Yeah, well, there's Adele. She's got a new record out. Called Did you work this, on the new record um, too? I I didn't work on the new one. I very okay. I got pretty close, but it never it never happened. Um, but I played on. I've got to uh, set the record straight as well. A lot of people think that I played on a lot of Adele's uh, 21 album, mm-hmm. but I actually only played on a, on a track called Set Fires to the Rain, which was, a, I think, a hit in America. Yeah, it was huge. Uh, yeah. Um, and it was number one when I went out to the Grammys and watched to do the Grammys. Um, and the album was number one, and that single was number one. So it was a pretty amazing, amazing time. Uh, so that that's that's worth checking out. That's um that sums up that thing that I was talking about with the sort of, uh, you know, the tuning thing. Um, it's kind of, yeah, not getting in the way drums, but they're there. You, mm-hmm. you can hear mm-hmm. them and they're, they're doing a thing. They're serving the song, hopefully. Um, um, yeah. And, and this Lorba record, I'm quite proud of that. that that's, that's one definitely for people to check out. Um, you could ignore my tracks, in fact, and just check out Gary and Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I recorded, what's interesting is I recorded those drums in my studio here in, in England and, and sent them back to, to Jeff. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. Um, Pop-wise, oh, God, there's, there's, there's so many things. There's a guy called James Morrison, and I think he's made it across the pond. I'm kind of proud of the stuff I've done with him. Um, Robbie Williams. Uh, yeah. <laughs> loads of stuff your whole discography is on your on your site too it's so. all there yeah, yeah. Um, I, I played on Cher's last record awesome um, there's a track called Sirens on that album that I'm, that I'm really proud of you know um, when you do these records do they ever offer you the ga- the touring gigs um, sometimes I mean yes. it, it, it comes up every now and again um, it's pretty rare it's actually very rare that the artist is at the session Right. That's, that's, right. that's that you know actually it's, it's kind of strange and um especially with like like Cher for instance um when I did that record she was she was nowhere near England let alone near the studio um when I did that um and uh, but Adele funnily enough was there she was there and she was she was very much part of the the track that I did for her cool. um which was yeah which is great you know to get their their input and you know, I looked through the glass and I could see it sort of digging it. So it's, it was, it was a good, a good moment that, um, but yeah, sometimes it crosses over. I, I work with a guy that was in this band, um, in this country called, uh, take that. They're like a, uh, kind of boy band, but I played on his, his album. Then he asked me to go on the road and I said, sure. I, I, talk, I did a little tour with him. Nice. Um, 
Um, but yeah, it doesn't happen that that often, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. um, but definitely, the recording side of things is something that I, that I, I, I definitely prefer. You know, it's like right. It's, right. it's my, it's my. I feel very comfortable in that in that place. You know, yeah. In, in, and you I mean, you, you're. I love your the the studio that you have that home studio. Yeah, that place is that. So is that connected to your house or is that a that that's out in my field actually. Um, uh, I, I live in in like I say in Norfolk, which is kind of like out in the countryside, and and I've, I've got a I've got a big old field in it. That that used to be a windmill. Oh really? Um, and that's the bottom of a windmill, so it's that's why it's sort of round. That room round is building. so awesome looking. Yeah, it's a cool it's a cool room. So that is the, those the bricks that you see in those videos. They're they're two hundred years old. Those bricks. Really? Yeah. Um, it's, it's an old, it's an old space and it, it awesome. feels dead, it feels dead cool. That, yeah. And I can play out there. There's nobody around. There's some sheep on the next field and they get a bit annoyed if I play, but that's it. <laughs> I was going to say, they don't, they don't call the cops or anything, do they? <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I, I mean, I always see that place. I'm like, man, I would just be hanging out there all the time. Like, you, you know. yeah, it's, it's most people when they come up, they, they love it. I've got, uh, Vic Firth are coming up, um, in November. Joe Tester from Vic Firth. We oh, were, Joe's uh, coming up. Awesome. I, I love him very much and I've convinced him to come out to Norfolk. So he's going to, he's going to jump on a train and he's going to come out and they're going to shoot some video in my studio. So that I'm looking forward to That's you awesome. guys seeing that. Yeah. That's awesome. So do you get yeah. to the States often? I, 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 yeah. Every now and again, not, not, not as often as I'd like now, but I, I do get out there and I, I record out there. I recorded, um, when I was out with the Grammys with Adele, I, I, I recorded it. Trevor Horn's got a studio in in Bel Air, and I recorded there. And yeah, you know, I, I do every now and again get out. Cool. So, do you? Uh, well, last question: Do you do you teach privately, or do you do any sort of Skype things? Or not really. I no? I, I did a little bit of teaching, um, and I it's the thing I get asked constantly about is is about teaching. Um, uh, it's just the time, the time yeah. aspect, and also the fact that I live in the middle of nowhere, so. It's tricky for people, you know, right. to get here. Right. Yeah, I didn't know if you did like the Skype thing or, or anything. Like yeah, because I wanted not, to connect the the audience. This, if you do, I would connect the audience with well, you. Well, that would be very cool. This is the first time I've used Skype in about I don't know about eight years. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's interesting. Um, but so now I'm blazing the trail. I'm blazing. You are the trail, smashing but, it, and and it works quite good on the old iPhone six. Um, yeah. But but I've got a uh, with the Jeff Lorber album that, that I've mentioned a couple of times. Jeff, um, he's, he's helped me out. He's given me some, some of the things that you've seen on Instagram are Jeff, uh, tracks that I've been working on that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what G'd me up to do this Instagram thing is like, Oh, maybe I can do, I can work on my sound and, and also put some of these, these clips up, which hopefully people might find cool. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's been Jeff to be honest, and he's let me do it. And, and he sent me some tracks. I've got, I've got a play along album, which, um, I changed to Gretsch, which I'm very, very uh, happy to have done. Uh, um, but I recorded um, the album and pretty much finished it um, with with Sakai when I was with Sakai Drums, and and now I'm with Gretsch, so I'm re-recording it as as uh, as we speak. Really, oh really? Um, so that'll be done soon, and 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 that's just kind of close to sort of the education side of things. It'll be a play along, and there'll be some transcriptions and stuff mm-hmm. for people. Um, and that, that's hopefully that's going to be coming soon. Cool, man. 
Yeah. Cool. Well, keep up the That'd good work iTunes. with the uh, the Instagram stuff, man. I dig it, and I'll, yeah. I'll be sure to link to all this stuff in the show notes where people can go and and check it out. And anytime you have some stuff going on, man, let me know because I will definitely share it uh, share it with the audience. And if anybody wants to use Ash on the record or anything, just go to his website and, <laughs> and hire yeah, him. And- like, well, that's that's the beautiful thing about now is that people can do that. You know, it's amazing. Um, it's it's ridiculous. You know, if you think like the, with with Jeff's record, you know. I've, I've played with Robin Ford on that mm-hmm. and Paul Jackson Jr. I mean, that, that wouldn't have happened 10 years ago. I, w- I would have, I would have to have been based in LA, um, to, to that, to have happened, you know? And, right. and was there uh, ever a, a thought of moving to LA or New York or I, I've thought about America lots. Um, and now my children have arrived. It's, it's a, it's a big ask now to, right. to, to, to right. do that. Um, and, but what's beautiful is that, you know, the, the world is, is a, is a village now, you know, it's mm-hmm. like a, the musical sort of global village and, and, and I can do albums with, with guys in America. I've, right. I've done, I've done a couple now, um, with producers in LA and, uh, it's, it's, it's easier. You right. Know? Yeah. And I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting a little, a pretty cool noise in that, in that wimble out there. You know, it's yeah. like people, people are digging it. Once you get it all dialed in, man, you're like. I want to, I want to stay here now. This is it. This is it. It feels so comfortable. You know, the thing about recording is like I said, I feel, I feel very comfortable recording in whatever studio I go to, but when you've got your own place, um, that comfort is, goes up another level, Mm -hmm. which then means when you play, it's like, I mean, you know, you, you know that thing when you're practicing and you've and you've been playing for like an hour or whatever, and you start feeling, man, this is feeling really good now. Right. If you think about that, and then you but you're actually working for someone. That's that's a really good place to be. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's a it's a nerve wracking situation to walk into a studio that you've never been in, don't know yeah. how the room sounds, don't know what the engineers like, you yeah, know, whatever. And then you sit down, and then they're like, okay, perform at the highest level you can. It's yeah. like, ah, uh, all right, I need a few minutes here. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Maybe not for you, but for me, I get a little nerve wracked. Yeah, no, no. Everyone, everyone feels their own version sure. of the of the tension. Right. Yeah. Right. Agreed. Well, Ash, man, thank you so much for for doing this. I really, really appreciate it, and uh, I appreciate you doing it this late on a on a Saturday, man. So, oh, my pleasure. I've enjoyed a glass of wine while I've been sort of blurbing to you. Awesome. So <laughs> awesome. Yeah, man. You're you're welcome anytime. And uh, again, thank you so much for doing this, man. I'm I'm so honored to have you on the show. Thank you so much for asking me, Nick. Absolutely, man. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, dude. All right, you too. Bye-bye, mate. So there you have it, Mr. Ash Sohn. And for all the links and resources that we talked about, head over to drummersresource.com forward slash 138 for the complete list. And also you can connect with Ash there. And if you're looking to accelerate your career, you're tired of banging your head against the wall and you need someone to help you navigate the waters of getting endorsements, getting touring gigs and session gigs, and just how to set goals and how to achieve those goals and manage your time better or whatever you need help with, go to drummersresource.com forward slash career. There's two ways that you and I can work together on a one-on-one level and we can set up a call. We can see if we're the right fit for each other. And then from there, we get to working on your goals systematically and accelerating your career as a musician or anything else you're looking to do. 
drummersresource.com forward slash career to set something up today. Also, if you're digging the podcast, please do me a favor, leave a rating or a review on iTunes. It helps get more eyes and more ears on the podcast, helps it go up in the ranking so that may more people find out about this, get better guests on the show, et cetera, et cetera. It'll take you about a minute, like I said. So head over to iTunes for that. I would sincerely appreciate it. And check me out. I'm on Instagram at Drummers Resource, on Twitter at Drummers R Source, on Facebook at Drummers Resource. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace.